pretty uh, quiet and peaceful out here. It's kind of crazy to think that it's December and it's uh, as warm as it is. Yeah, Whew. I'm outside today because uh, I think I have a, a newfound discovery, if you will, an objective for how I should approach certain situations. The first thing, before we get to the discovery, my newfound, I have to, uh, well, I don't have to, but I would like to uh, share with you what led to this point. Uh, I was trying to record a podcast for you. I had great ideas in my head as I'm sitting here looking at the river. That's what you're hearing, by the way. And uh, some things happened about 15 times. Now, I deleted some of those times because I was cursing. But it's something that uh, happened that I want to kind of, I don't know if I want to throw it in, but I just want to use it just to set the stage for my new discovery, if you will. If you will, is what I wanted to say. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's a peaceful river. I wish you could see it. This is all. This is one of those times where I almost want to do video instead of audio. But this is what we're doing. Anyway, to the chaos we go. People of the internet, EDB here, that's Eric Deshaun, Baird for Long, and please forgive me if you hear me scratching my beard or my chin. I don't really have a beard, it's just fuzz. Or the hair that I'm literally digging in, because I have tried to record this podcast now for seven times. And every time I get about three to four minutes in, the phone rings, I get a text message. A pigeon bangs on the window. A rabbit crawls through the ceiling. Something happens to disturb me from this conversation. And you know why? Because the demonic slew-slaying jack-off that he is knows that we are about to have the most awesome sauce conversation of all time. So I'm going to tell you right now. Block all the distractions. Put your phone on airplane mode for God's sakes. Don't let nobody call. Throw all the house phones and iPads and everything out the window right now. Because we is about to have a serious spiritual moment. You hear what I'm telling you? It's about to be one of the most exciting, exhilarating times that you will ever experience in your life. So I'm going to give you a moment to go head on and clear your life. Kick everybody out. Put the kids to bed. Give them some Benadryl on the max so they'll just knock the hell out. And I mean the hell out. Because the demons of all hell is going to be trying to work you right now. But we're going to get through this podcast. And when we get to the end, I'm going to tell you something. When we get to the end, ain't nobody. See? 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 I'm going to take a break to go. 
Ah, uh, okay. As you um, as you begin to listen to this next part of the catastrophe, as we're getting to the answer that I've come up with, I want you to think about something. I want you to ask yourself, because as we heard in the first part, I said to to throw away everything, to clear your mind, put the kids to bed, all that good stuff. But what happens when you do all that and you still have a struggle? What happens when the kids wake up? What happens when you throw away the phone and then they find another way? That's what's going to happen here. That's the struggle that we're facing at this point in time. Alright, this, this is what we're going to do. Hold on, hold on, hold on. You hear that? You hear that? Okay. Now that when I watch this, I'm going to just hit this button. I'm going to turn that, that. Now, let's talk. <laughs> so, as I was trying to say, growing up, I was, uh, I was raised by my grandmother. Yeah. And, uh, my grandmother didn't have a lot of money. As a matter of fact, my grandmother was a crossing guard, school crossing guard. Now, that may not make sense to some folks. I really don't know how the world is made up outside of the city of Norfolk or the state of Virginia, for that matter. At least not in its totality. So school guards may not exist in other places. So for the sake of those who may not know, a school guard is a person who uh, works outside of the school system and that <sighs> really really hold on hold on hold on one second Sorry about that. We're going to get through this podcast. I swear to good grief, we're going to get through this podcast. Oh, what was I saying? Oh, yeah. A school guard is a person who works outside of, at least in the city of Norfolk. Or, yeah, we'll just stick to Norfolk because the surrounding cities may have different codes that I don't know. But in the city of Norfolk, the school guards are responsible for elementary and middle schools. They, uh, let me just go ahead and explain that. An elementary school is kids pre-k through five and a middle school is grade six through eight so it's like uh pre-k is four years old and eighth grade is what 14 13 14 somewhere in there and so they're responsible for putting them across busy streets you know making sure that the cars don't hit them you, you know that, that's what the school guard is and back in the day uh around about the 80s late 80s, early 90s. Uh, school guards were, um, you know, they're pretty important people. They were uh, uh, a significant part of the wheel-turning uh, society. Uh, most of them were the wives. Yeah, because you didn't have a lot of men who did school guards, who were school guards back then. Most of them were wives of uh, service persons or shipyard workers or uh, the Ford plant was a big thing, you know, the, the Ford car, F-150s, you know. Uh, we had a big old plant that was literally 
on the other side of the river here from my house. And that's where all the men went. And the women did things like school guards. So they, they had, you know, some cash, a little bit. But they were part-time. And if you were a school guard, you couldn't really live on your own. As I just mentioned, they had husbands that had good jobs. So uh, the women just went out to get a little side money, a little candy money, if you will. So my grandmother, who was a double divorcee, uh, took on me with a school guard job. And because she didn't have much money, she, uh, you know, had to do what she had to do to get by, if you will. And that would require to me, or that would, or should I say, that meant for me uh, not having a lot of toys. Now, it doesn't mean I didn't have them. It just means that uh, compared, should I say, to other kids, my toy box was um, a little bare. And, And you want to know something? Come to think of it. That might not even be true either. I think I had a massive toy box. Now that I think about it, it was this big old metal thing that sat out in the garage with trucks and things. I got some of them still around here. So I guess what I'm trying to say here is that, uh, what am I, what, what? If one more person texts, calls, writes, or emails me, we're going to have a problem. I'm trying to get through a podcast here, people. So, what I'm trying to say is that my toy box wasn't uh, as relevant in the 90s as it should have been. Or as other kids. (laughs) Oh, Oh, God. Jesus. Jesus. I... You're, uh, you're probably uh, right now have the mindset that I'm feeling some kind of way. and uh, But don't worry, this is leading to the point that we, we're trying to get to today. You see what I'm saying? So uh, if you just go ahead and allow me the opportunity to take a musical break, because, because you might be, uh, you know, having your feelings all discombobulated and everything from, from dealing with this particular podcast. It might, it might bring up some memories for you. So, so let's go ahead. We're going to have a woo-saw moment. And we, we, we're going we're gonna to come back. Get, get a little song in us. Get a little, get a little detox. Get a little, take a little five-minute yoga break, if you will. Uh-huh. All right. Self-righteous symphony I would rather let this go Than to bring it up again But everyone I know They're afraid Afraid of their own skin 
don't know if you can hear that. That is, uh, that is the police. <sighs> no, they're not coming for me. Even though I thought about conducting a few, uh, acts of violence. I thought about, uh, you know, 45 minutes of work destroyed because somebody as I'm cleaning pine needles off of the front of my car please forgive me if you hear that noise decided that they want to keep ringing my phone and it became a thought of why this happened or should I say what was the result of what happened you see I was deep in thought had my mind focused on what I wanted to talk to you about. It was a, it was a good, good presentation, and it was ruined. It was ruined by a phone call. And the crazy thing about this phone call is, someone decided as I'm walking through the the little garden here. That's what you're hearing. My feet crackling on the the corns and leaves and things heading towards the river. You might hear the little wind. I, uh, I was, uh, as I said, was recording and someone decided they wanted to call. And because I would not answer the phone, they decided to persist. And it led to them calling other people who they thought would get me to answer the phone. And I did, naturally, to my detriment at this point in time. I realized I probably shouldn't answer the phone for anybody. But the point was that this call destroyed me. It destroyed my very mindset it set me into a mood and I literally after 45 minutes decided I didn't want to do a podcast my whole vision my whole objective the conversation everything was at that point gone I had lost it I was tired I didn't want to do it anymore and I realized that has been the motto my entire life. As soon as I get motivated, as soon as I get focused, as soon as I'm ready to pursue life and do something completely awesome sauce, there's always something that distracts me. And it distracts and distracts and distracts and distracts until I quit. Now, I know I was moving on to something else and the and was a symbol of that, but as I began to move on, I realized that there was a piece left back there that I didn't deal with, which is another important part to my story because a lot of my life has been defined 
as me moving on, picking up and leaving, hitting quickly to the end without realizing that there's other things left back there. They're untapped or undealt with emotions, unidentified struggles. And so the question that I had to ask as I came outside and began to to walk, if you will, the little little garden, or I don't know if this is a garden, it's kind of like a, an imaginary park, if you will. As I'm walking, I began to think, Eric, what can you do? How could you have best resolved this problem? Now, some would say, well, Mr. EDB, what you should have done is just answer the phone. You should have answered the phone, stopped everything, catered to the demands of the person by which decided to call you 15 times. And once you answer the phone and dealt with their issues, then you could have moved on. Well, I have two parts to that question or to that answer, should I say. No, my answer is on a two-parter. It's what I'm trying to say if I get my English right. My punctuation, punctuation, my, my grammar, if you will. Number one, let me ask you a question and my answer. If you're working on a project, say, for example, for those of you who are creators, you're working in the news or in the media or something, as the plane begins to fly over our head, I want you to to think about, can you just stop everything because somebody calls you? Can you just quit and say, you know what? I got to take this call. I'll call you back or I'll get back to work in a second. Hi, Mr. Plain. How are you? It's so nice to see you. You know, it's kind of hard to call this a, a park or a flyover when it is a flyover. A park is supposed to be a place of quiet, tranquility where you can gather your thoughts. But I guess the plane could be considered a a thought-gathering tool. I don't know. But you're gone now. Thank you. And I hope that that's the only one, because nine times out of ten, if one comes in about two other seconds, there's going to be another. So we'll just keep talking in hopes that that is not disturbing us. Um, And seeing if they're going to come this way, we're going to move down in this direction. The direction by which you can't see. You don't know what this direction means. So just know that I've turned around from where I'm facing and I'm headed in the opposite direction. So anyway, back to our question. What if? What if you're busy? How do you deal with folks who don't get that they cannot just dictate your everyday life? How do you deal with people who want to be number one all the time, who feel like they're the only ones that are important. And if you do not bow and cater to them, well, then they're just going to annoy the dog poo out of you until they get what they want. How do you deal with those individuals? That is a very, very serious question. 
because life doesn't stop for anyone. People are busy. People have work that they have to accomplish nine times out of 10. No, not nine times out of 10, 10 times out of 10. If you're at the job working for the man or whatever you may be working for, you may be the man. You can't just quit a business meeting. They're going to take a phone call just because somebody wants to talk to you. It's like, I'll call you back, Mr. Train, as you're coming by, right? Right, Mr. Train? You can't just stop because you want to be louder than the conversation. You can't just come by and blow your horn and think that you can just get first priority. No. People are busy. People have their own lives to live. And the one thing that everybody has to realize is that you have to find your place in everybody's individual story. And if I can somewhat get back, because truth be told, as we're talking, I feel like the conversation is coming back to me. It's starting to refresh itself. And that conversation was that the great creator, the master architect of all things, that is earth and heaven, mind you, that creator individually made each of us with a unique story. And the problem that happens is that each of us not only forget or either have no clue about our story, but in our loss of personal identity, try to ruin other people's story. That is a sad reality. A lot of you are literally living in hell because somebody decided that they wanted to ruin your story. And so while you're sitting here, walking the streets, I think that this has taught me something. If I can go over and put this in my car, hold on. Let me just uh, put my cup in here because I don't want to carry this. I want to walk because I feel like that is the prerequisite. That must be a daily not a daily, but at least a weekly perspective for you to get out, find somewhere, somewhere near your home, or if it's not near your home, get in your car. I, nobody's going to come near, nobody's going to know that's here. This podcast won't even go out, so, you know, I can't leave the keys in the car anymore because now that, eh, never mind, huh? Eh, don't come, don't come steal my car. Sometimes I do that. That's okay. You don't know where I am. Anyway. Uh, huh, huh. <laughs> it's a beautiful feeling as I'm walking. I, I'm still on topic. Stay with me. It's okay. This is a ride. It's all right. Enjoy the journey. Because this walk is doing a lot for me. It's rejuvenating me. It's given me a fresh perspective that identity comes from the searching of the soul. Everybody 
needs a moment to search their soul. Everybody needs a moment to search their own identity. And you can't do that stuck in the noise of life. That's in some cases why you're supposed to go to church. But then again, that's not really why you're supposed to go to church. And I'm not going to go and start a religious conversation right now because that doesn't mean anything to this this point. <laughs> but that is exactly what spirituality is supposed to be, is what I really want to say. Spirituality is supposed to be a personal time of reflection, a personal moment of communication between you and your innermost self, between you and your creator. And it's in that personal time that you find your identity. It's in that personal time that you find your mission in life. It's in that personal time that you understand who you are and why you were born. And then it's in that time that you can properly properly assess how to execute on who you are and why you were born. And those two things are different, but it causes you or it only can take effect is what I'm saying. The cause, the effect, which is you being who you are, must cause you to separate yourself from the noise. Aren't you glad we got that out? You were getting worried because it was getting kind of confusing, but we got through it. That is the prerequisite for true understanding of identity, getting away from the noise. And it wasn't until I got outside, it wasn't until I decided to take this walk that the, the mission of my life, of my day, the purpose, not the conversation I had earlier, but a semblance of it came flooding back to me. So, my friend, as we conclude our time together, I ask of you, I beg of you, separate yourself from the noise. Go away. Go off to yourself. Vacation is not about you distancing yourself from work and going from hell to a party life. No, vacation is about you leaving and going and finding yourself. Finding the next phase of who you are and why you were created. You're going to say, well, that's not what I see as vacation. Well, hey. The English language is lazy and one word can be 14 things. So let's just say today that that is what vacation is. And maybe, maybe, just maybe, that is the reason why the scripture in the book of Genesis stated, stated, that's what I wanted to say, stated. Six days he worked and the seventh he rested. Because even God needed to remove himself from the BS that is this world. I 
go ahead and extend an opportunity to you to find me somewhere online. I know you're there. On Instagram at Eric Deshaun Barrett. On Twitter at Eric D. Barrett. On Facebook at Same. Oh, man. Even, 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 even on the YouTubes at Eric Barrett. And you know what? We got an email. If you want to email me, tell me your story. Tell me how you're feeling. Tell me what's on your mind. Whatever whatever you want me to know, email me at Eric Deshaun Barrett at gmail.com. Ah, I look forward to seeing you or hearing you. Yeah, if you're in Norfolk, come by and see me. Let me physically hear you. Let's have a talk. If not, we're not going to see each other on the internet. We're not going to hear each other in person. And I look forward to chatting with you again, right here. Until then, for me and mine, unto you and yours. Laters! <laughs>